The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week is every week we are striving to be your public radio source for the information and, information and inspiration. Say that 10 times really fast. That you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Um, we don't usually make a lot of announcements here on Real Life Real Estate about uh, Cincinnati RIA's various focus groups because there are so many of them that all we would do all for the entire show is make announcements. And I know there's folks who are listening from outside the greater Cincinnati area and you know, you're just going to have to forgive me for this one because it is a brand new focus group that is meeting for its first time tonight. And in fact, I think that it is unique in the entire country in terms of uh, real estate association um, focus groups and subgroups. It is called the Passive Investors Focus Group, and it is for folks who are really hands-off investors not not don't, don't tell me landlords you're you're a passive investor if you're managing your own property you are not passive i'm sorry you know the, the, the process of owning um owning rental properties when you are the manager is not passive however you might like it to be this is a meeting for folks who are interested in truly making Making your money make money, like that's investing. <laughs> Running around and doing wholesale deals is not investing. It's a great business, but it's not investing. So the thing about this group is, uh, because it's a, we're trying to give folks a safe space to come and talk about passive investing, and because you would need a certain minimal amount of money and credit to contemplate these sorts of investments and things like performing notes and joint ventures and private placements and things like that. Uh, it is a group that you must apply to join. So to find out how to do that, go to CincinnatiRIA.com and click the meeting announcement that's right up at the top of the page. And uh, you will see how one goes about applying to be part of that passive investors focus group, which is going to meet monthly, but very first meeting is this evening. So um, you'll hear more about that as time passes, but just wanted to let you guys who are in the Cincinnati area know about that. For you folks who are all over the real estate investing world, our topic tonight on Real Life Real Estate 
is uh, how to brand your business. How, how to brand your business, why to brand your business, why it might be uh, something that could help you out. My guest today is Raymond Aaron, who has been a, a guest here on Real Life Real Estate uh, over the over the past decade or so on a lot of different topics. This is a guy who has done a lot of things uh, had a lot of successful businesses, including a real estate investing business, coaching business, and um, is probably uh, best known as a guy who likes his adventures. <laughs> he, is, he is definitely uh, an adventurer, and he's joining us today by phone. Raymond, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Oh, Vina, thank you for inviting me. I am Raymond Aaron. I am a New York Times top 10 bestselling author. I have bought and sold 1,100 pieces of real estate. And yes, I am an adventurer. I've done all kinds of crazy things. But one thing I want to say is in the roughly one and a half decades that I've known you, I've come to really appreciate how dedicated you are to your listening audience, how honorable you are, how captivating and interesting a speaker you are, and I'm honored to have you as a friend and colleague. Well, thank you very much, Raymond. Um, I uh, I have long suspected that the reason you work so hard is so that you can do things like you know hike yourself across the North Pole and all. I, like I follow you on Facebook, and you're always doing something that I look at and go, "Yeah, someday." Except you do it all the time. Well, I I did. I entered and completed a 350 mile month long foot race to the North Pole, and the average temperature was minus 40 degrees. We had to haul a hundred pound sled with all our provisions, all the time dodging polar bears. So that was a lot of fun, but it was tough work. If you don't have to do it, Dina, don't do it. <laughs> well, I don't know that anybody really has to do it, but um, I, uh, you know, it's one of those one of those things that you get to tell great stories about uh, over and over and over again. And and I know, you know, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg in in all of the things you've done. I mean, anybody who kind of goes on Google and puts your name in sees all of this, all of these successful businesses and ventures you've been in. What is your secret? Like, what is it that makes you so successful? Well, branding is what allows me to do everything so effortlessly. Because I'm branded and because people can respect that brand, they have credibility in me and there's an immediate trust. For example, if you were in a store and you wanted to buy a cola and there was the local brand that you'd never heard of or Coke and Coke was a little more expensive, you'd probably buy Coke even though you suspected it was probably the same product. Why? Because you have faith in it. You have trust in it. You know that uh, what a Lamborghini is. You know what Heinz ketchup is. And you're familiar with it. You trust that brand. And I've noticed that when my life was difficult long ago, I wasn't branded. And now I run 40 businesses and brands and cash-cushing websites. I bought, as I told you, bought and sold 1,100 properties and it's easier to buy 1,100 properties than one property when you're branded, when people trust you. It's, my life is like it's effortless because people trust my brand. 
Very, very good. Now, we need to uh, take a quick break when we come back. We're going to talk down at the level of the folks who are listening and thinking, yeah, but I'm not Coca-Cola. How do I brand myself as a real estate investor? We're also going to take listener questions by phone at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. Or you can send them via email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Raymond Aaron, who is a New York Times bestselling author. He is a real estate investor. He is an entrepreneur. He's also the uh, Saturday morning keynote speaker at the 2017 OREA National Real Estate Summit. So if you like what you hear today, and I think you will, you should probably come and see the real presentation with the slides and the examples. And, you know, radio radio has its limitations as a way to instruct people about how to do stuff. So today we're going we're talking uh, just sort of generally about branding and why you should probably do it as a real estate entrepreneur or a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or an insurance agent or whatever other business you might be in. Um, now, Raymond, let's 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 define this thing brand because I mean it's a it's it's a word with a lot of synonyms and you know like Coca Cola is a brand, but when you say brand yourself, I don't think you mean it quite that way. Right. The way that large corporations brand themselves is very different from the way that small entrepreneurs like Vina, you and me, and our listeners should brand themselves. For example, let's talk about a professional in the real estate industry. I helped one of my clients, a woman, brand herself. She's a realtor, and she, I gave her the brand that I help you sell your home for more than it's worth. Now, I help you sell your home for more than it's worth is memorable. It's desirable. If two people are bidding to be someone's realtor and one of them has that brand and has written a book by that title, for example, to kind of solidify the brand, well, the the prospect is more inclined to go with the person that has the brand and has written the book, even though the other one might be a better realtor. And so here is my shocking explanation of branding. Branding makes you different, especially if you're not. This is shocking. This is really interesting. Branding makes you different, especially if you're not. So Pepsi and Coke, we all know Pepsi and Coke's the same thing, but more people buy Coke every year. So I'm, I'm known, Vina, you're known. When the word Vina is heard anywhere in North America, in real estate circles, everyone knows. There's certain things that everyone will say. Competent, professional speaker, largest real estate association in America. They'll know Cincinnati, they'll know Ohio. They'll immediately know five key words attached to the brand Vena. And it's an unusual name. It's unusual that you're a woman speaker. Almost all speakers are men. And so you're well-branded. When you say, I'm Vena, People salute. People know the brand. And here's what's happened to me. I remember buying a property, and after it closed, I was chatting with the seller because we knew each other. And he said, actually, sorry, I'm confusing two stories. I happened to meet the seller whom I'd never met before, and I thanked him for selling the property to me, and we chatted on why he was selling. And he said, by the way, 
I sold to you, but you weren't the highest bidder. I said, well, did you like my terms or what? And he said, I checked you on Google, and I found that you were a New York Times top 10 best-selling author. I noticed that you'd written other books. I was impressed that there was nothing negative about you on the web. And I decided that this is the kind of guy that will probably close on time. He won't ask for a delay at the last minute. He also asked me for a seller-take-back mortgage, and I suspected that he'd be the kind of person that would make his mortgage payments on time because I looked good on the web, because I was branded, because he saw some of my brands and liked it. So I, even though there's other real estate investors in the world, there's other real estate speakers in the world, because of my brand, because he respected my brand without even knowing me, he doesn't know me at all. He knows my brand, and he was willing to sell the property to me at less than other people. It was a competitive bidding situation, multiple bids, and he sold it to me. I got a better deal. And also, I got mortgages that maybe I shouldn't have gotten. Why? Because I wrote a book on real estate, and I go into a loan officer's office, and he says, hello, what's your name, blah, 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 why are you here? And I said, well, before we start, I wrote a book on real estate, and just for fun, I brought a copy here, and I've autographed it for you. And the guy says, oh, my gosh, you wrote a book? Well, that's amazing, and, and I'm, I'm so excited, and you autographed it for me? Oh, my gosh. And we talk about the book, and he's so impressed that I'm branded. He's not impressed at me. He's impressed at my brand, and sometimes you're in the black, and you know you're going to get a mortgage for sure. Sometimes you're in the red, and you know darn well you'll never get a mortgage. But a lot of people are in the gray area, and because I was buying so many pieces of real estate, I was often in the gray area, but I got the endorsement when he sent it to the underwriters saying, I think this is a good guy. Let's give him the mortgage. I got many more mortgages than I, quote, should have just by if I was just an ordinary applicant because I was branded. So branding has something to do with reputation, something to do with credibility, but an awful lot to do with perception, it sounds like. Yeah, branding is only perception, only. For example, if you have a Lamborghini, then everybody knows you're a young guy who got rich really quickly, and you're single, and you dress really well, and you're looking for girls. That's what a Lamborghini means. (laughs) If you have a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, it means you have old money and you're probably 60, 70 years old. You wear a three-piece suit and you're well-married. But you don't – anybody can buy a Bentley and anybody can buy a Lamborghini, but the brand has those connotations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, let's let's relate this back to the market as it is right now which is incredibly competitive. It is full of new investors springing up right and left. It's a tight market. There's there's not, you know, there's fewer deals than we would like to see out there. And it's a market that is overrun with um, marketing as opposed to branding. So in other words, any any given seller who appears on a list of anything, probates, absentee owners, evictions, foreclosure, is going to get 500 really similar looking and sounding 
postcards and letters saying, I would like to be the buyer of your house. Right, because they all took the same course. They all took the same course, and they're all buying the postcards from the same people. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's and, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I joke about this, and I'm not sure people, I'm not sure um, listeners who are not property owners are aware of the reality of this, because since I own properties, I get these postcards all the time. And I literally, it's it's almost impossible to tell one from another. The the the, the 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 name is different, but I don't know who this person is, right? The the words are mostly the same. They're mostly making me the same promises. How does branding help one of our colleagues in a world like this, where it just seems like there is so so much um, similar looking marketing going on? Well, that's actually the absolute perfect place for branding. When everybody looks the same, when there's hundreds or thousands of people that all look the same, the only thing that differentiates you is your brand. For example, I am also a realtor. I don't do it the normal retail way that other realtors do, but nevertheless, I'm a realtor. If I ever put a sign up, a for sale sign, I can guarantee you mine would be different. Have you noticed that every single realtor on the planet has exactly the same sign? It's a certain number of inches across, it's a certain number of inches down, and they hammer it into the grass a certain number of inches above the ground. They all look absolutely the same. If I had to put a for sale sign up, it would be triangular. It'd be upside down. It would play jingle bells in July. <laughs> I'd be known as the jingle bell realtor, like something, something to differentiate myself. When everybody is the same, they're all drowning in the sea of sameness. And that's the problem. You need to get up onto the island of individuality so that you can float effortlessly for the rest of your life down the river of relevant differentiation. And that's the key, especially when it's a crowded marketplace, especially when everybody looks the same. Let's, let's, take a, let's look at realtors again. Let's say I was chatting with a couple realtors and you, Vina, were in the next group over chatting away, and you said too loud, I think I'll sell my home. Well, the three <laughs> of us realtors, we love that sound, so we'd come running over to you, and one would say, Vina, list with me. The second would say, Vina, list with me. And I would say, I wrote the book on real estate in Cincinnati. Well, you'd say, oh, my God, I should list with you then. <laughs> but meanwhile, I might have gotten my real estate license just yesterday, and the other two people are the top REMAX realtors in the world. But you'd list with me. Why? Because I'm branded. That's what makes you different. That's what's so exciting. Let me give an example in a different marketplace. Michelin tires are manufactured in France. When French men were asked why they bought Michelin tires, of course, the number one reason was because it was manufactured in France. Very patriotic. That's fine. That's good. But the number two reason was they trusted the Michelin man. Vina, you can't trust the Michelin man. It's a drawing. You can't trust the drawing. It doesn't make sense. Brands don't make sense. They just work. Brands don't make sense. They just work. The well, Pepsi generation doesn't make any sense. Uh, just do it. Nike's just do it. Doesn't make any sense. Just do what, for God's sakes? Just keep beating your wife? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but brands work. That's why they work especially well in crowded marketplaces. 
And I, and I think there's a, there's a basic human psychological reason for that, and that is we don't like to sit there and make an analysis of all of our different options. We want something to pop up that just says, oh, yes, this is what I should do. I've got 50 po- – I do want to sell my house. I've got 50 postcards from 50 different investors all saying they will buy as is, for cash, close in 30 days, um, fair price, blah, blah, blah. What do I do? Just eeny, meeny, miny, mo? No. Give, give me some way of making a choice. And I think what you're saying is that the brand gives you a way of making a choice. The brand gives you a simple way of making the choice. And if you look at the success of Twitter, Twitter only allows you 140 characters. And that's what Americans are getting used to now. They want their answer in 140 characters. Even the president is talking about super complex issues of foreign affairs and domestic affairs in 140 characters. And that's that's what people want. They don't want the big story. They want the quick answer. Very good. We need to take another quick break, after which we are going to take some questions from listeners about how to brand your little real estate business. 877-772-9658 if you're free to make a phone call. If not, you can send us an email. Just send it to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Raymond Aaron, and we're talking about branding your real estate business. How how does one go about doing that? And um, Raymond, there's, there's a couple of things that you said in the previous segment that I do want to come back to, but I think the, the big question that we kind of have to deal with here is, can the typical small investor, the guy who's trying to buy some properties, get some private lenders, get some partners, rent some rent some houses, can they afford to brand? I mean, you you, you look at you look at what the big companies like the Michelin Company does to make you understand that that guy who I think is an inner tube, I'm not sure what he is. He looks like a big, I don't know what he is. Uh, but that he some you know that he's trustworthy that 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 costs them millions of dollars to make me recognize that. Yes, but I also said that the way big companies do it is completely different from the way that you and I and our listeners should do it. We're different. We're little guys. We can't afford to have ten thousand billboards around the world saying "Drink Coke." So how do we do it? There's four ways, and they start with the letter A. One is advocacy. That means other people give you dazzling testimonials, especially big people, someone with a big name like Jack Anfield or the governor of the state or something. So one is advocacy. Another is achievement. Did you win a Nobel Peace Prize? Did you win an Olympic gold medal? That's the third A. I said the second A of achievement. The third one is association. Who do you hang with? If your best friend is Gwyneth Paltrow or something like that, then you're known by who you hang with. But most of your listeners can't do any of those three. But the fourth one, everybody can do, and that A is author. When you write a book, people are dazzled. For example, if you, if you go up to somebody on the street and say, have you written a book? They'll say, no, 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 you got the wrong guy. And if you say, has anyone you know written a book? They say, no, of course not. And then you say, well, I know you don't know anyone who's written a book, but do do you know the names of any authors, any author? And they'll say, Warren Buffett, William Shakespeare, Sir Richard Branson. 
they'll say the biggest names in the whole world. And when you say, well, I'm an author, oh, oh my gosh, because the only authors they know are J.K. Rowling. And so when you say you're an author, they put you up on this pedestal that's astounding, better than winning an Olympic gold medal. If you say you won an Olympic gold medal, they'll say, oh, I guess you're fast. If you say you won a Nobel Peace Prize, they'll say, oh, I guess you're peaceful. But when you say, I wrote a book, they're, they're dazzled. And I teach people how to write a book, not to sell the book, but to have the book sell you. Not to sell the book, but to have the book sell you. I think the reason that people are dazzled by people who have written a book is that it seems so incredibly difficult and overwhelming to write Let's a book. Let's keep that secret. Let's keep that secret, Vina. <laughs> Let everybody think that it's difficult, and then your and my clients will write a book the easy way and let everyone else think it's difficult so it'll be even more impressive when our clients write a book. So you are you are proposing that listeners who, you know, maybe maybe they don't even feel like they're that much of an expert in anything, maybe they don't even feel like, you know, they remember their third grade grammar all that well, might want to write a book for their credibility? Let me let me explain. One of the things I do is to tell my clients who are writing a book, tell the truth. So let's say someone hasn't bought their first property yet. They haven't even bought it. They've taken some real estate courses. They've joined your real estate organization, but they haven't even bought one piece of real estate yet. Then I would suggest they write a book called How to Buy Real Estate uh, from a Real Estate Virgin, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny and it's unique. And people say, gee, I'm a real estate version. I've never bought any, and I'm kind of scared. And that'll be that person's brand, at least for the first few years. Or if they've just bought one or two properties, then how to get into real estate from someone who just got in. And they'll say, oh, they, they know my struggles. They're just like me. You don't have to pretend you bought 100 pieces of real estate if you haven't. That's not the truth. So wherever you are, wherever you are, you can be branded right where you are. Remember, real estate makes you different, especially if you're not. That's what's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is possible for someone who doesn't consider themselves to be literary. Oh, it's right. not about literary, and I'll tell you why. When you say literary, you're thinking of the other kind of book. There's two kinds of books. One is fiction and the other is nonfiction. If you want to write a fiction book, you darn well have to be literary. You have to use flowerly flowerly language. You have to be compelling. You have to be mysterious. You have to weave a story. You have to be really, really good. But when you write a nonfiction, when you write a how-to book, you just have to write in English. You don't even have to know how to spell. You don't have to know punctuation. You don't know have to know grammar. You don't have to know sentence structure. You just have to write it because every single manuscript has to be edited. So if you just write the way you talk and then the editor cleans it up and it looks like an angel wrote it, that's all you need. Don't confuse fiction with nonfiction. Fiction, you have to be literary. Nonfiction, you just have to speak or write from your heart and an editor cleans it up. It's so shockingly easy to do it but if you do it without any guidance it won't work because there's 31 marketing messages that i teach my clients to put into their book so that the book will sell them 
if you don't put those marketing messages in, the book will be dead, sit in your garage, and collect mildew. You <laughs> need to put the marketing messages into the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Raymond, let me let me share something that I'm not actually sure I've ever shared with the real life real estate audience before, and that is that uh, about it's been three years ago now. You called me up. And you were all excited about this thing about, you know, I've got people writing books and it's really doing great things for their credibility and you should write a book. And I think I said something like, oh, come on, I don't have time. Are you kidding? That's no, that's insane. And then um, as the idea settled into my head, I actually wrote a book and it's called How to How to Get Rich in Cincinnati Real Estate. And it is, I don't know, probably... In the book format, I think it's about 100 pages long. It was not hard to write because I, you know, a lot of it's just research stuff, right? It's like you can find out on Google what the median house price in Cincinnati is. And um, people think that I'm a super genius now who never heard of me before this book came out. Exactly. And by the way, every big person writes a book, every single one. Bill Gates, at the peak of his success, when Microsoft was the biggest company, way bigger than Apple and way bigger than IBM, he took time off to write a book, Business at the Speed of Thought, because he knew that Microsoft needed its founder to write a book. And near the end of Steve Jobs' unfortunately short life, he hired a writer, Michael Erickson, Isaacson, sorry, to write a book called Steve Jobs, because he knew that the founder of Apple needed to have a book. So yes, you don't even have to take time off and have no income for a couple months. I'm not suggesting that. I teach you how to write a book. It's easier than you think. The more of my special marketing messages you put in, the more the book will sell you. It's it's so it, it's the biggest discovery I've ever made. And if I could interview the Raymond of say 20 years old, that's and I could give him one message, I would say branding. You remember the movie Graduate where they said plastic? Well, now it's branding. <laughs> Very true. Now let's let's uh let, actually let me let me share with you an email that I just got from JC in Las Vegas. It's uh it's not so much a uh, question is a comment. He says, I believe good books do greatly influence the perception of credibility. I had not thought about writing one myself, but I'm very interested in knowing more about how to do that. So it's it's apparently something that folks, it you know, it's kind of out there in the zeitgeist. Yes, I get impressed by people when they write books, but what the connection they're not making is I should write a book to promote myself and my own business, which is sort of the the mental shift that we're trying to help folks make today. And it is going to be a shift for a lot of folks. Yes, you're not writing a a fairy tale. You're not writing Fifty Shades of Grey. You don't have to be a literary genius. You write about what you know. So let's say you've only bought one piece of real estate. You want to buy more. And you want to get a team around you of mortgage brokers and realtors. And you want to write a book, but you've only bought one property. So you just just start off saying, hi, my name is so-and-so. I've only bought one property you might wonder how I have the right to write a real estate book. Well, maybe I don't, but I've at least bought one property and I want to buy three more this year. You just write, you just that, you just write that. And then people say, oh my gosh, I bought one piece of real estate. I'm like him. I want to contact him. I want to work with him. I, I want to give, I want to invest money in him to, for him to buy a property with my money as the down payment and we'll co-venture on it. 
there, you get you get investors, you get mortgages, you get uh, loans officers interested in you. It's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful idea because you're branded. Nobody can say who the heck are you. You start by saying I'm the author. And by the way, you don't have to wait till your book is out. I teach my clients the eight magic words. Eight magic words. If you're listening, write it down. If you're driving, be careful. <laughs> I am the author of the upcoming book. That's it. I am the author of the upcoming book. And if you don't have a title yet, which you probably don't, then you just say, I am the author of the upcoming book on real estate. In other words, real estate isn't your title. It's just your topic. I am the author of the upcoming book on buying real estate. I'm the author of the upcoming book on uh, novices buying real estate. Just make up your what the topic is, and you can start making money immediately. People will be so stunned when you start the sentence by, I am the author of, and then you say, upcoming book on real estate or real estate in Cincinnati or real estate in Ohio. You just you can start making money immediately. Just Just do it. And, Zena, I'm going to spend more time in the presentation that I make for you at your summit. I'm going to spend more time on this concept of getting branded because it seems to be so exciting a topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I think people get, I don't know, wrapped around the axle about, but the book has to be awesome. It has to be, it has to be interesting. It has to be something that a lot of people would buy. And that I don't think I've ever sold a copy <laughs> of how to get rich in Cincinnati real estate. That's not, that's not, that's not the goal. It's not, it's not to, you know, get a publisher and get an advance. And that's, that's other people's thing. That's That's not our thing. That's fiction. That's fiction. We're writing nonfiction. It's completely different. I tell my clients exactly, you know, you had a lot of courage and nerve to say that uh, online or on the air but I tell my clients, if you never sell a single book, I'll, I'll, I'll love you anyways, because it's about the book selling you. Mm-hmm. It's about other people being impressed. It's about other people wanting, like every, every single real estate investor runs out of down payments, even if they inherit a million dollars. If they need $100,000 for a down payment, they'll run out in 10 properties. And so everyone runs out of cash eventually. If you have a book, more people will be encouraged to, invest in you more people will be encouraged to give you money as a loan for a mortgage either a private or through a bank it's the book selling you because if you sell a book you make 10 bucks great but if you get a hundred thousand dollar investment and can buy a property that property might go up a few hundred thousand dollars and if you get half of it that's maybe a hundred and fifty thousand dollars i'd rather get a hundred and fifty thousand dollars with one property going up in a three or four or five years rather than get 10 bucks for selling a book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very true. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about exactly how you would go about using this uh, this piece of credibility that you're going to create. You're going to create it, listeners. Do you hear me? You're going to write a book. It'll be fine. And we'll talk about how to use it to actually turn it into money. We'll also take your calls at 877-772-9658 or your emails at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Raymond Aaron, who is a real estate investor like us, but also he's a New York Times bestselling author. But you don't have to be a bestselling author to 
to make this work. I just I just got an email and this will this will amuse you because uh, Raymond because I'm guessing that you have heard it before. Uh, this is from Terry in Cincinnati who says this sounds great, but how do you even do the basic work of deciding on the topic and its scope? How would I even get started on something like this? Well. I don't want to go into any product that I have to offer, but I do teach you through a series of videos exactly how to do it. And the very first video is on choosing your topic correctly so that it will help you and make you money. The second video is on the rules for selecting a title and a subtitle. In other words, you go through the 19, I think I said 21, but I'm sorry, it's 19. You go through the 19 videos and it explains every single thing to you. It makes it very simple. And I also host my author's official book launches, and I always say to them when they're on stage at their official book launch, what made it so easy for you? And they said, I just followed the bouncing ball. I just filled in the blanks. I just did exactly what you told me, and the book came out. And, you and know, it, it strikes me, Raymond, that people might people might not understand how easy it is to publish a book today. I mean, if you if you looked into this twenty years ago and you got the whole well, we've got you've got to get an editor and you've got to get a, a publishing house interested, and it, it, it that's not how it works anymore. It's actually super easy to do everything from the cover design to the printing to getting copies delivered to getting it on Amazon.com. I mean, it's not hard. Not only is it not hard to do it on your own, but I've made it an extra degree simpler because I find a very high-profile person to write your forward. I publish your book for you. I hold your official book launch at my own expense. I do everything for you. You just follow the bouncing ball. You play the videos. Once you played the last video, your book is in your hand. Honestly, I make it so simple. But I want to give a wonderful example. We've had one call. The, the first caller was a gentleman from Las Vegas. Do you remember that? Right. And I hope that he hops in an airplane and flies to Cincinnati and goes to the conference in order to enjoy the whole, the whole event and hopefully also to hear my presentation. But if he comes up to me and says, I'm the caller from Las Vegas, I'll hug him. I'll say, oh, my gosh, I remember you. Isn't that wonderful? That's actually his brand as far as you and I are concerned. Like I can go up to you at your summit and I can say, the guy, the caller from from Las Vegas, do you remember him? And you'll say, yes, we may not know his name. We may not know anything about him, but we know his brand. That's how interesting it is. That's how quickly you can be branded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. So let's talk about, let, let's, let's assume that we're going to get these folks over this hurdle of, I... I can't, I can't write a book. I can barely spell. I don't know how to publish a book. I blah, 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 blah. And we're talking about a real estate entrepreneur here. In what ways would they actually use that book? I've got, I've got this book. Like, how do I translate that into deals, money? How do you make money? How do you make money? Yep. Okay, good. So let's take someone who's a dentist and he's buying real estate on the side. Like they typically have a job until they have enough properties that they can live on the positive cash flow, but that typically takes a while. So let's say they're a dentist. So and let's say we're at a networking function or a party. Someone will say, "What's your name?" They'll say Richard, 
and they'll say, what do you do? And he'll say, I'm a dentist. Now, I exaggerate the uh <laughs> because I want to make a point. Now, and of course, like, no dentist talks like that. But when you say I'm a dentist, what you're saying is I'm the same as all other dentists in the world. Use me. Use someone else. Who cares? Well, at that point, someone might tell some moron joke about a dentist or they'll tell some god-awful story of how they got a needle and they got an infection. Or Who cares? It's just like an irrelevancy. But what's your name? Richard. What do you do? I'm the author of the upcoming book on real estate in Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. Where can I get that book? I've got some money to invest. Can I invest through you? Like within seconds, the person you're talking to is giving you money within seconds, as opposed to saying I'm a dentist. And that's the secret. I rehearse people. I rehearse them because if they get one word wrong, it's not as good. For example, if they say I am the upcoming author, then there's no excitement because everybody's an upcoming author. Everybody has got a book inside of them. But when you say I'm the author of the upcoming book, ah, that's more exciting. So I train my clients to say it correctly. I teach them how to use the book. I make sure they bring their book everywhere they go. Because if, someone, if, if you think someone's a real good prospect, if you think, my gosh, I think he's serious. He does have a few hundred thousand dollars and he does want to invest through me. Then pull the book out of your purse or your briefcase and autograph it to him and give it to him for free. The book only costs you a few dollars to print. Give it to him for free. You might get a quarter million dollar investment in the next piece of real estate that might go up a few hundred thousand dollars. If you think the person is just interested in you or in the book but isn't going to be a client, then sell the book to them for 20 bucks and you make 15. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what. When you say I'm a dentist, you don't make a penny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, can I share one of the ways in which I have used my book for my specific business, which is wholesaling, right? So I'm right. I'm I'm out looking at properties with sellers making offers, and then I need a buyer for that property. Um, I offer it as a special free premium to people who are interested in how to get rich in Cincinnati real estate. And I make them give me their name and email and address in order to get the book for free, which means I just captured a lead on a potential buyer for the cost of a $3 book. Right. And if you if it's a download, it doesn't even cost you anything. Mm-hmm. But the book itself has more cachet, more glamour. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, you and I know, maybe your listeners don't really understand, but you and I know the value of a list. Everyone out there has a list. Their list includes their mother and their dentist and their chiropractor. But if you have a list dedicated to real estate, specifically about people who wanted to buy in a certain area, people who, who might be interested in selling, any, whatever, if you have a list, then when you have a property, you can send a letter to that list. The list initially might only be 10 or 100 people, but eventually when you keep doing it, it'll be 1,000 or 3,000. And if there's only one buyer, but you only have one property, you sold it and made 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand, whatever it is. That's the beauty. And you did a beautiful job of both doing it and explaining it on the program. All right. We have an email here that just came in from Matthew in Cleveland. He says, this is a very interesting show because I have actually been considering the power of writing a book 
What I'm wondering is, may is it possible that I may need two different books, one to show to and give to sellers and a different one for people like bankers, buyers, private lenders, etc. So I think what he's... I think what he's reacting to is, you know, my book is called How to Get Rich in Central Ohio or in Cincinnati Real Estate. I don't necessarily want to hand that to a seller because they're the wrong audience for that. <laughs> so maybe do I need it? Do I need a Do I need a different book called How to Sell Your House to an Investor or something? <laughs> if I were a realtor, I would have different business cards in different pockets. And if I spoke to somebody who was thinking of listing, I would say, oh, and I'd take, my, I'd take a business card out of my right-hand pocket. If they're interested in buying, I would take it out of my left-hand pocket because buyers and sellers are completely different. Buyers want a long closing at a low price. Sellers want a short closing at a high price. How can the same business card or the same book work for both? And so for the, for the person who wrote the email, you have two options. Number one, write a book general enough that it's simply about real estate so that it could impress no matter who you're talking to, a lender, a buyer, a seller, a flipper, anybody, or indeed write two specific books. But if it's in real estate, it's probably better to have a more generic title and have one book. You'd write two books if you were a dentist playing in the real estate game and you wrote a book on real estate to get investors and you wrote a book about oral hygiene in order to get more patients because those are so far apart that they are wildly different audiences. Mm-hmm. Any case, listen, wherever you are, drive, walk, crawl, kayak, and if you're in Las Vegas, fly, and come to Vina's amazing event. I've been honored to be a speaker, a keynote speaker, at her event I think three times, and I've enjoyed every one of them. The people who come are so keenly interested. They really want to help themselves and do better in real estate and nobody collects a group of people as dedicated and eager and keen and sincere as Vina does. Anyone you meet at that event will be serious and you'll you'll have opportunities to network and you can you can learn from the people in the audience, you can learn from the great people on stage and you can learn from Vina. It's just such a wonderful conference. Well, and I have nothing better to say than that. So we're going to wrap up the show and tell, <laughs> tell listeners, uh, check that out at wmkvfm.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.